The Mixed Mornings and More podcast with Steph and Sean. Now available daily. Good morning, world. Hello, hello, and welcome to Friday. It is April 22nd, 2022, and uh, Sean is not here yet again. So I called my brother the other day, and he says this. Hello? Hello? Hi. Hi, Dave. Who's this? Do you know it's me? You know it's your sister? My sister? Steph, hi. I couldn't tell whose voice it was. Oh, yeah, it's me. The man has one sister in the world, and he couldn't tell that it was me calling him. Uh, He went on to say that there are just so many scams out there, he thought there might be a new one. My sister? Who's that? Do I not call him enough? Maybe that's the thing, is that he just was like, I haven't heard from you in so long. I mean, we're only two years apart. We grew up in the same house for at least 20 years, and the guy doesn't know it's me. Come on. I have been resisting the urge to wear my brand new sneakers for about a month now. When the sun is shining and the ankles come out, it just seems like the perfect time to throw them on. But Sean has white Converse that are completely brown because a melting mud chunk fell off his car onto them. And I don't want my shoes to suffer the same fate. I actually said that to my husband as I was leaving the house the other day. I wish I wasn't so concerned with keeping these sneakers nice. I just want to wear them. But... I put on my rain boots and I went out the door and I ended up in a very full parking lot, all except for four spots. And I was like, look at the beautiful, so close and so spacious parking spots left here just for me and all the other people with rubber footwear on. They may as well have been in a lake, (laughs) but I stepped out of my car like it wasn't a thing and I walked right inside. Sneaker patience for the win. Got a message yesterday from a guy named Jonathan who said that the Whatia app is back online again. I was like, what's the Whatia app? He said it's the world's first Newfoundland and Labrador dialect translator. So I had to download it. It's $1.39, but I do think it's going to be very helpful, especially living in Fort McMurray. Here's a couple sayings that he's going to translate for us. You ready? Buddy, he snapped right off. He is. And the translation for that is, that man is frustrated. <laughs> Next. Me nerves are rub right raw. That's just that you are frustrated. Buddy, you looking for a scrap? That's you are causing some problems. Okay, some of these I could have guessed, but here's one. Oh, dear. Getting on a tired night, what? Apparently, that's, let's gather for some cocktails this evening. Are you sure, Jonathan? Netflix has lost 640,000 subscribers in the U.S. and Canada over the last three months, and they're blaming account sharing for it. They say there are 100,000 households sharing accounts, and they need to find a way to get paid for it. I wonder, though, if the fact that they raised their prices again came to mind at all when they were freaking out about their subscriber loss. I mean, think about it. There are so many streaming services to choose from now. And when you have to choose between Netflix, which you've had for years and is no longer $11 a month, that's 20 and say Discovery Plus, that's only 6 or Apple TV, they charge $6. Then there's ad-free CBC Gem and Prime and... Ah, (laughs) I think it's completely expected to jump around between services. If you have them all, you end up paying an extra cable bill worth of money. And no matter how much binging you do, do you really have time to watch them all? 
Have you ever done those blind bookings on hotel sites where it's like, you can have a three-star hotel that has this amenity and this amenity, but we're not going to tell you which hotel it is until you pay us. And sometimes you can get a pretty good discount on it. One time I was in Seattle and it was like there was a festival happening or something. There was just no accommodations anywhere. So I did one of those blind bookings and I ended up at a Motel 6. And like... I feel like in the movies, when they're going to show you a bad scene happening, they film it at the Motel 6. We get there and the man asks for my ID because I booked it. And then they asked for everyone else staying in the room's ID. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Nobody's ever asked me for that. And he said, well, think about it. You go out for the day and decide not to return to your hotel room. We go in to clean it. There's a dead guy in there. Who is he? We got his ID, we know. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what's going to happen tonight? Like, who's going to kill them? Not me. Is this a really dangerous part of town? Does a murderer just come in in the middle of the night? No, thanks. I don't want to stay here. Um, Tracy texted in and she said they got to this crappy motel in Calgary, went in, door shut behind them, looked around the room and said like, nah, we're not staying here. This is gross. Try to get out of the room and the doorknob breaks off in their hand and they're trapped inside the bad hotel room. Of course, escape room instincts <laughs> checked in. They called the maintenance department. Took them 45 minutes for maintenance to get there. By that time, they had escaped. They found a hanger and a credit card, and they managed to get out of the room. That's a little bit terrifying. I don't like it. Don't like it at all. <laughs> also, Linda said that she stayed in a room that had someone's fingernails in the nightstand drawer, and there was... Some gross stuff under the bed as well. You can use your imagination. She also stayed in a hotel in Regina that had a dead mouse in the bathtub. I'm like, Lindsay, where are you booking your hotels? It seems like they're the worst website ever. It's like the horror movie hotel or something. And I actually found myself without accommodations one time. I booked an Airbnb in Dublin, Ireland, got off the plane, rented my car, drove to downtown Dublin on the wrong side of the road, tried to find parking. I've got this luggage and I'm looking for this address that suddenly doesn't exist. And so then I'm trying to contact the person who has this listing, but they're completely ghosting me. I have no Wi-Fi. I'm chasing after Dublin buses that advertise they have free Wi-Fi on the bus. So I'm like, oh, they're stopped at a red light. Maybe I can connect. It was so bad. And I walked around Ireland for, oh, probably six hours, unshowered and unslept, trying to figure out this awful accommodation situation. Uh, Susie commented, she said that she stayed in a downtown Nanaimo hotel. And while she was there her first night there was a murder in the room beside them i was like oh my gosh that's terrible did you check out the next day and she said no we stayed for eight more nights you're brave i am not <laughs> my Balak, jeopardy's first female host uh she's getting some backlash for some of the silliest stuff and this time it's not because she's calling the first round of jeopardy single jeopardy which she insists is always what it's been called just nobody else ever used that terminology but it's because people don't like that she's been wearing the same outfits they think she shouldn't repeat her blazers here's what she has to say i mean it's look you know for for men in these hosting positions they they also change clothes every episode but they wear you know a blue suit a gray suit a black suit and they just like change the ties it's less noticeable and i will never wear that blazer again that's it it's done 
Man, it is difficult. You know, men have it so easy. Throw on a suit, you're good to go. Any gala, any funeral, any wedding. Ladies, we got to change up the outfits all the time. Poor Mayim, she just gets run through the ringer all the time on Jeopardy. But absolutely, whether it's Ken Jennings or Mayim, I am still watching and playing Jeopardy in my living room every night. Want more of today's show? Download the Mixed Mornings and More podcast. Now available every weekday.